Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of the podcast at home with me, Nick Graves. Today as a guest I have, drumroll, it's just me. It's just me, Nick Graves. Uh, let me give you some, uh, backstory back here. Um, so I want to start doing the podcast at home, releasing episodes on Thursdays. I've really been slacking, but even though the podcast at home hasn't gotten a lot of attention, the attention that it's gotten has been good. And my friend Zach Brown said to me, you know... The thing with, like, YouTube people that I see is that, like, uh, they're consistent. And I was like, I need to be more fucking consistent. So, new episodes every Thursday. And at first, I was like, oh, I'll start next Thursday. And I was like, no. I'll do that shit today. So, it's just me. I don't have a a co-host or a guest. So, I'm just going to be talking. And a lot of you probably turned it off right then and there. Well, to you, I say that's fair. So, I'm just going to talk about some stuff talk about maybe where the podcast is going and yeah some of the guests that i'm going to be having i have a lot of guests that i'm actually excited uh (laughs) to have on there are a lot of people who are repeats that's going to be cool we're going into this is episode 11 and you know you know something i'll say this even though i haven't been consistent i'm still happy with myself that i even did it because for a long time i was like i want to do a podcast and i never actually released an episode i always canned them but then i was like no I'm just going to do it, and I'm doing it, and I like it a lot, I, th- you know, it's it's fun to do, it's fun to, I've gotten to know people better by doing the podcast, and I don't expect that that's going to change, and I'm excited to see it build an audience, because I think, I don't know, I just think it's the kind of thing you can, like, sit back and listen to, and, like, maybe learn a little about yourself, <laughs> um, I'm looking at my, my desk right now, and I'm seeing all these books, I've only read, like, a handful of them. There are a lot of comic books. I've read all of those. But other... I have Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's pretty dope. That's a dope book that I read when I was a freshman in college. Even though I probably should have read it when I was a freshman in junior high. But, alas, Babylon. Another book I have here, which is really good. I read that when I was a freshman in high school. So, top that. Um, man. What's been going on with the Nickster? Nickorama, Nick Nick Pettywack, give a dog a bone. That's the you know you know what that is, the SNL thing. Yeah, man, I've seen a lot of great movies recently, but there's still a lot of heavy hitters I haven't seen. I haven't seen Creed, which oh man, that upsets me so much because when that trailer came out, I was so pumped. I was one of those people that like posted on Facebook was like this is gonna be amazing, and I still haven't seen it. And Michael B. Jordan's one of my favorite actors. Like, I want to be a filmmaker, and he's one of the people that one day it's like my goal to work with him and Miles Teller. I would say are two that I'm like, oh, I have to work with them one day. You know, Michael B. Jordan's amazing. Uh, the first, my first exposure with him was the movie Chronicle, uh, directed by Josh Trank, who I'm actually gonna talk about a little bit. And uh, my second time seeing him was in my favorite TV show ever, The Wire. And people always think it's like super pretentious to say your favorite your favorite show is like The Wire because it's become like a hipster thing. Like you haven't seen The Wire, but it's like okay, I get called a hipster a lot, which I hate, and my friends know I hate it, so that's why they do it. But the thing about it is, it's not pretentious to just love something unabashedly. It's just great. That's why it's my favorite show. It's you know, it, um, the performances are all knockouts, and it, it's one of the few shows I've seen that has, that, that takes a, a social stance rather than a moral one, and with me saying that, I mean, okay, 
The Wire has become synonymous with Breaking Bad because those are two of our heavy hitters as far as these hour-long dramas that have taken, you know, that have taken over television, which is great. I love it. More cinematic. It's awesome. Now, Breaking Bad takes more of a moral stance, I'll say, because that's a lot about what, um, seeing, seeing the decay of a person as far as their values, you know, we see Walter White become a monster. The Wire takes a social stance instead and says, this is what's going on in our world, not just with one person, you know, uh, Breaking Bad is more of a singular story, I mean, it's not, because it has, like, Jesse's a big character, you know, Skyward's a big character, but The Wire, I mean, you see it in the format of the show, every season, uh, for anyone who hasn't watched it, every season, uh, you see a different part of Baltimore, the first season is, um, it's about the Barksdale organization of crime and the cops. The second season is about the dock workers. The third season is about City Hall. The fourth season, which is fucking heartbreaking, is about the school system. Uh, and the fifth season is about uh, journalism. But the awesome thing is, with each season, it builds upon the other one. So you still get those elements from the last one. Except with the docks. They're really kind of only in the second season. It's funny that I started off by saying that people think it's pretentious to say your favorite show is The Wire, and then I went on a spiel about it, but I just love it. It's the best show, and I'm re-watching it. I'm in the first season again, so... But anyway, Michael B. Jordan has a killer performance in it, and he's like, I think, 15 or 16 when he's in it, and he's so good. Um, What else did I see him in before? Oh, Fantastic Four, which was obviously a dud, but, you know... None of the performances were really good because of how bad the movie was. And that brings me to Josh Trank, who, you know, I watched Fantastic Four for the first time a few months ago. So, I mean, way after the movie came out. And I just felt, I felt bad thinking about all of the backlash because Josh Trank, I think for a lot of us who are young people wanting to be filmmakers, is kind of an inspiration because... I said inspiration like DJ Khaled. Inspiration. Bow down and kneel to your inspiration. Okay, but anyway. uh, Josh Trank's kind of an inspiration to us because he's a young person who's just doing it. And he had a knockout, like, debut, you know. I think Chronicles is his first... It was definitely his first Hollywood movie. Was that independent? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But regardless, he's an inspiration to us because he's been doing it for so young. I think he had one of the records for, like, youngest number, youngest director having, like, a number one feature. I could be wrong on that, but I think so. And so the Fantastic Four thing and the fallout from it and the controversy was kind of upsetting. You know, he was supposed to do one of the standalone Star Wars movies, and that's not happening with him anymore. So that kind of stinks, you know. But something awesome that is happening... People are probably tired of hearing about Star Wars. I don't care. I'm going to talk about it anyway. I do care. I shouldn't have said I don't care. I'm lying. Okay, so anyway. Uh, one of the new Star Wars movies is... Well, actually, Episode Eight is going to be directed by Ryan Johnson, who did one of my favorite movies of all time, Brick and Looper, which is another one of my favorites. And he's just awesome. Uh, I've read that he was super inspired by Cowboy Bebop. I could be wrong on that, but... That makes me just want to watch that anime that much more. So that's super cool. You know? I'm seeing like my comics and I'm thinking about like superhero movies and stuff. And you know what I want? I do agree that the that Hollywood's becoming oversaturated with superhero movies. But I disagree with the approach that we should take to combat that. I don't think that 
we should have less superhero movies necessarily. I just think we need more unique and good ones. I want more of that, you know, I want more of the Watchmen's and the Unbreakables where they follow, they follow some of the conventions, but not in the portrayal of the story, you know, they'll follow some of the conventions with characters, but it's the story, the way they flip it on its heads that makes it stand out, you know, that's what I want to see more of, um, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been, you know, pretty awesome so far, but what it's done for superhero movies is probably not great, I'm about to sneeze, I didn't. Crisis averted. Uh, what else have I seen recently that's been dope? Um, I watched Eyes Without a Face for the first time. That was pretty freaky. It was really good. And then I was watching it, and I heard a knock at my door, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be like the person who has eyes and no face. But that didn't happen. It was my sister's boyfriend's grandma. And I was like, what are you doing here? And she was like, I heard you're watching Eyes Without a Face. I want to watch it with you. And I was like, okay, take a seat. And we watched it together. That didn't happen. But, you know... Yeah. So I watched the rest of it, and it was really good. Uh, I watched a movie called Clean Shaven, which is on Hulu under their Criterion selection, and it's super good. It's about a man with schizophrenia trying to find his daughter. And what's awesome about it is that you're, through the sound design and the visuals, you're experiencing what he's experiencing. And it is intense. That just, it's, it's super intense. It's one that I'll watch again to analyze. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it the way I watch, like, um, well, that's not true. I was gonna say, I'm not gonna watch the way I watch Punch Drunk Love, which is just for entertainment, but I do analyze Punch Drunk Love every time I watch it, just because it's so good. Uh, what else have I seen that's been, like, that's really, The Last Metro was great, uh, that's a Truffaut movie. Um, hmm need to watch more movies especially wanting to be a filmmaker and just need to do that more and you know i feel lazy sometimes because it's like you're just watching movies but it's because watching a movie flick flick flip flips on or flicks either one of those would have been fine okay let me start over Watching movies turns on that active part of my brain that's like, I need to analyze this. I need to see it frame by frame. And just, you know, I beat myself up when someone sees something I didn't. I'm like, you idiot. How did you not see that? It's like that <laughs> that episode of The Office where Andy is showing Pam and Jim a movie. And he and Pam and Jim are having a discussion about... Uh, about like something in their personal lives and Andy thinks they're talking about the movie and he's like how did I not get that they're saying all these super deep things but yeah and uh it's hilarious it's a show I rewatched recently The Office for better or for worse one of my favorite shows of all time I don't even want to say for worse because that has negative connotations like I perceive it negatively I just acknowledge that the quality of the show did decline but I think it gets way too bad a rep what really bothers me is that I feel like too often the conversation is about what it did wrong. When really, The Office ushered in a whole new style of comedy for, like, modern comedy, you know, in television. And it changed the conversation, if you ask me. That's not, that's not me just speaking as a fanboy. That's me speaking as someone who lived through that era, you know, and became invested in comedy in that era, you know. Because with The Office, The Office was, what, 2005? So then we have, uh, what were some of the other heavy hitters that came out after The Office? 30, or really, the NBC comedies, 
like 30 Rock, uh, which was 2006, I think, Community, which was 2009, uh, now we have Kimmy Schmidt, which is on Netflix, and all, and don't get me wrong, all of those shows have completely unique voices, but I think The Office helped pave the way for, like, the, that, um, to have a successful single cab mainstream comedy, and it wasn't successful at first, but in the second seasons where it started building success, uh, I think for anyone who hasn't, you should definitely check out the commentaries for The Office. Uh, I've only really watched the commentaries for the first three seasons, just because that's what I owned when I was like younger. But they're super interesting, and just hearing about how they had to kind of build that fan base is su- fan base, not fan base, is super. Um, super compelling and also just inspirational if you want to be like uh if you want to be a comedian a filmmaker writer you know and uh yeah it's just super awesome and it's inspirational i as someone who is pursuing stand-up comedy as well seeing you know bj novak and mindy kaling two people who were comedians be on a show like that and write for it and act in it and now they're successful in their own right just you know shows you can really do anything you want if you're willing to put the time and the effort in, and I am having a real struggle right now with the time and the effort part, I'm one of those people who thinks about things that would be awesome, doesn't do it enough, but you know, I'm working on it, I've been doing stand-up more, um, writing more, so, you know, I don't even want to leave it off as a see where, I, as, I don't want to leave it off by saying I'll see where it goes as much as just a, like, I'm gonna work harder, and I will build where it goes, you know, so, yeah, that's that's me right now. What about you? You know what? I'm going to take uh, 15 seconds. You can just tell me about what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? No, get out. What? No, you... You said... But... Uh, I don't understand the... Oh, okay, that makes sense. See, did that feel like a real conversation? It was less than 15 seconds, but to be fair, what you were saying just wasn't that interesting to me. I'm just kidding. That was rude. I'm one of those guys who, even if I say something that's clearly in jest, that's rude, I'll be like, oh no, people won't like me, so I gotta, like, not say that. I have a pretty dark joke in my stand-up set that I'm not gonna say here, and my set is pretty clean, I do swear, but overall, it's pretty clean, like, you know... Like, if your parent, if your parents walked in on you watching my set, it wouldn't be, like, awkward, you know. They wouldn't be like, why are you watching such profanity, you know. So, I'm one of those guys who, like, I just, man, want to please everyone. Maybe, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you can channel that into a good thing. Yeah. Yep, yep. Just looking around my room to see what's interesting to talk about. Walking Dead is coming back. February 14th, Valentine's Day, super appropriate. It's going to be very romantic to see people uh, be eaten by walkers, not zombies. They don't exist in that world. Valentine's Day is like, I know it's like single people are always like, it sucks. I'm just, I just, I'm so passive with it in general. Even if I were in a relationship, unless they cared about Valentine's Day, I don't really think I would. It's just a day, you know? I uh I had a really great Valentine's Day two years ago. Uh, one of my favorite musicians, Into It Over, had a concert and it was super awesome. And that's what I did on Valentine's Day. I paid fucking like sixty bucks to take a cab downtown because I didn't have a car then, don't have a car now, and I went, and it was great. How did I get home? How did I get? Oh yeah, I took the bus home because the bus 
the bus, there's a bus that runs from campus downtown, but it didn't start early enough for the concert, so I had to take a cab. And me and the cab driver talked about, like, sitcoms for a while. Um, then I went to the concert, and it was great, you know. I'm one of those guys who, like, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty mild-mannered to the point where this guy I was talking to one day was like, you kind of remind me of Gus from Breaking Bad. And I bet you have, like, a dark side. And I was like, well, everyone has a little bit of a dark side at least. But I'm definitely not, like, a murdering, you know, drug dealer. Um, but, uh, where was I even going with that? I just started talking about Gus and Breaking Bad at the concert. Oh, I'm one of those guys who I'm, like, I'm a pretty quiet dude. I wouldn't describe myself as shy as much as just a little awkward and, like, uh, I have anxiety, so sometimes it's hard for me to, like, conversate with people I don't know and stuff, but I, uh, when I go to concerts, especially, like, my emo concerts, and I know people think it's lame saying, like, emo, but that's just the style of music, I didn't coin it, those bands, like, Into It Over It falls under that, and, um, Empire Empire was a lonely state, you blew it, uh, um, which, by the way, if anyone is an Empire Empire, I was a lonely state band, Number one, you have great taste because they're awesome. Number two, I have a sweatshirt that says Empire Empire. I was a lonely state. And my roommates did not stop giving me shit. They were talking about how pretentious it is to have a name that long. And they would just change it to various things like uh, Delivery Delivery. I was a pizza boy and stuff like that. So if you're a fan and you know other fans, have fun with that game. It's a fun game to play. I wish more people knew that bands. I could play the game all the time. But uh, From Bottoms, I think, is kind of one of those, and I'm not even kidding, if I'm at those concerts, I will go insane, I just like, like, the, the energy, you know, and, like, the, everyone gets, like, so hyped up, it's great, I went to You Blue concert last year, and I came out just drenched in sweat, which usually I'm super self-conscious about, because I'm a heavy sweater, but, uh, not a heavy sweater, like, I'm made of wool, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I felt great, because I was just, I just had so much fun, you know, and it's super emotional, and yeah, it was awesome. I actually left early, too. That was great. Yeah, that was a good time. I haven't been to that many concerts. I want to go to more. I missed a chance to see Childish Gambino, who's one of my favorite uh, musicians. I missed a chance to see him perform live for free. No, I missed a chance to see him perform live for free once, and I missed a chance to see him perform live, uh like, paying money once, so, you know, one and one, but one day I will see him live, yeah, or maybe I'll just see him at the supermarket, and I can ask him, like, hey, I have my phone, I can play one of your instrumentals on YouTube, will you rap, and he'll be like, uh, I'm not Donald Glover, what are you talking about, and I'll be like, sure you are, because you knew when I said Charles Gambino that it's also Donald Glover, and you're like, yeah, but that's what something everyone knows, and I'm like, no, you're not, just play the song, and he'd be like, I'm a white dude, what are you talking about, and I'm like, no, your childish Gambino, sing me three thousand five. No matter what you sing, I'm a little rather be with you. And this is my impression of Bob Dylan singing three thousand five. <laughs> this is the saddest thing. I'm just alone in my room doing this. I think my roommates are home. Actually, no, I don't think they are. Regardless, they know me by now. They know my style. Okay, Bob Dylan singing 3005. No matter what you say, or what you do, I'm alone and rather be with you. 
fuck those other, I don't use the N-word because I stand for equality. <laughs> it's such a stupid fucking joke. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that's my Bob Dylan singing 3005. You're welcome. I'm sorry. Nah, you're welcome. Yeah, man. I'm trying to be a more, uh, I don't know if more sociable is the word. I just want to reach out to more people, you know, because I, I'm i more, I was, I'm one of those people who kind of has a hard time making connections with people because all I'll be thinking is this is going to be over one day. Like I'll be friends with you and then in a few years we won't be, that's going to hurt. But I've been trying to live in the moment more and just accept that things change and people change. So I'm trying to make more friends and be kind of more open and, you know, just be myself, you know. I think stand-up comedy helps so much. The I, I'm very, uh, I'm an introverted person. I'm super extroverted on stage. I move around a lot and my, my tone of voice, I would say, changes a little bit. Because I'm super monotone, as you can tell. And, um... When I'm on stage, my thing was always, I think I love it so much because I get to be someone I'm not. I spoke to my friend Jared, who's on episode one of the podcast at home, Jared Krenzik, what's up? And he was like, no, Nick, I think you like it because you get to be who you really are. And I was like, whoa, shit. You may be onto something. So I'm exploring that a little bit. I'm trying to talk more in my comedy about, like, real stuff, because... I try to make it conversational already, and I'm trying to make it more like, uh, just talking about real stuff that people don't really like to talk about. I want to get into, like, depression and everything. Chris Gethard's been a huge inspiration. He, if you don't know Chris Gethard, please look up his comedy. Look up the Chris Gethard show on YouTube. His YouTube show is one of the most fun things just ever. Now it's on Fusion, but all the episodes are online on YouTube, and he's awesome. And, um, I went to New York for the first time, uh, this, uh, not this year, 2015, November, and it was one of the best nights of my life, I, uh, my aunt was not wanting me to take the train by myself, because I'm not a New Yorker, and it was my first time there, and my cousin Terry, her daughter, comes down and is like, you sent me on the train when I was 12, he, he's 22, you, like, well, I was 21 at the time, you can send him off, and so, I went, she dropped me off at the train station, which was down the street, got on the train, it took an hour and a half to go, and the whole time, I'm sitting on the bus, it's freezing cold, I'm, I'm a Floridian, and I love the cold, so this was awesome, and I'm listening to the music, I'm on the subway, and I'm one of those people who will just get emotional experiences out of anything to a fault, so I was just like, this is really, like, a cool experience I'm having, and so I'm on the bus, and I get off, I, I go to a, I'm, I'm in Brooklyn, and I get off, uh, in a really super nice neighborhood called Park Slope, I go to the bar he's gonna play at, I have a glass of wine, red wine, and, uh, then I, I go to a food truck and get, like, a vegetarian taco, and I talk to my brother on the phone a little bit, and I'm like, I'm in New York, and it is amazing, and I'm, and I get to see my hero, he, Chris, Chris, Chris Gethard is one of my heroes, and I go downstairs, downstairs to the bar, um, and he performs, I'm sitting in the front row, and it's called Career Suicide, and I'm just saying now, because I'm sure he's going to come out with the album soon for the special, it's fantastic. It's him talking about times where he wanted to die, 
and his depression, but it's super funny and engaging and relatable, and I think we need more of that, you know, I don't want to hide behind anything, I want people to know who I am, because I'm trying to like who I am, and I want people to like who they are, and I think if we can, you know, do that together, then it makes it not only easier, but just better, because I've been having, I've been thinking a lot about the idea that, like, and say my friend Ryan Goodwin has helped me with this. The idea that I'm going to die one day has been helping me so much. Not in a morbid way, but just like, fuck. I should just be doing everything that I want to pursue because I'm going to die one day. For example, um, I'm super scared about moving out of Florida because I'm, I'm not from a rich family. Uh, I don't have much money. And of course I'm going to have to save up some money. You have to balance the logic with the with the endeavor, you know. I need to save up definitely some money, probably for six months to a year before I move. I can't afford New York, but I can afford Connecticut or New Jersey. Like, my roommates were helping me figure out. They're both from Jersey. And I'll commute into New York, you know? And that's just something that no matter what, no matter what anyone says, it's something I've decided for myself that I'm going to do to pursue what I want to pursue. You know, and just like the idea that nothing should ever stop you because you're going to be dead, you know? And I don't mean that in a morbid way at all. It's just the, it just, it just helps me, you know, and helps me kind of figure out what I want to leave behind. Uh, that conversation's been coming up a lot with, uh, recently David Bowie died and David Bowie's never been someone who I've never dug into his discography, but he's always been in my head as one of the great musicians because when I was a kid, my mom showed me his greatest hits album. It was a, it was awesome. My mom uh, showed me and my sister his greatest hits, the police greatest hits, and Elton John's favorite uh, greatest hits. Now, the only one of the artists that she showed me that I dug into their discography was the Beatles, um, and I used to like idolize Paul McCartney. I still do to an extent. And so David Bowie has just been in my head. I know his big hits like "Suffragette City" is one of my favorite songs. I just think it's so cool and like rocking. You know, everyone knows like "Changes," which is amazing. So hearing his death was just, like, super shocking, and hearing how, you know, I haven't investigated it, but I've heard a lot of people say, like, this album was very much planned to be his last, at like, a farewell. How many people get to do that? You know, that's amazing. And the fact that so many of us united under that, I was, Brian, uh, my friend Brian imparted to me at that point yesterday, like, that, that united a bunch of us, you know? It's just amazing, you know, leaving something behind like that is so super cool, you know, man. I have towels under like my door for sound. And whenever people come to do the podcast, I get self-conscious putting the towel there. I'm like, no, I'm not muffling your screams or anything. It's just there for the sound. And then they're like, why do you even say that? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Man. Well, I think that's all I have to say. Um, a few things about the podcast at home, the direction it's going to go into. New episodes every Thursday. Um, I'm going to have a ton more guests on. Uh, a few of the guests I'm going to have on in the next, like, month, coming months will be, like, a... Ryan Ganyan, uh, Patrick and Peyton are coming back, uh, I really want to interview Patrick's cat, 
Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm trying to convince him. Uh, J.W. Hendricks will be back. Brian Imparto will be on his first episode. Um, John Aeneas will be on. So it's going to be awesome, you know? I really want to have more comedians on. So a uh, friend I just made recently, Shannon Burke, uh, who's a great comedian. You can see him at Nature on Sundays and Thursdays. We'll be there. Oh, also let me give you guys a bit of a heads up about different stuff you should be doing if you're not doing it. Um, if you're bored and need something to do, Thursdays and Sundays at Nature, they have an open mic. Thursdays, I believe it starts at 8.30, and Sundays, I believe, also starts at 8.30. And they have awesome hosts like Eric Feeling and Ryan Goodwin and awesome comedians like Ryan Goodwin. I don't think Eric really does stand-up there, but Ryan Goodwin performs, uh, Ryan Ganyan performs, uh, I perform there, Shannon Burke, uh, Ted Barton, Mike Wilmanzar. So there are a bunch of us, and it's a good time, you know, um... And if you're interested in performing music or comedy, you should do it. You know, just take that first step. Rip off that band-aid. Also, Drunken Monkey, uh, Fridays at 9. Saturdays, they also do it. I'm not sure at the time, though. But that's also really awesome open mic. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Super cool stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'm going to leave you guys with that. Um, I I had a hard time getting music for this episode just because I did it so last minute. Um, so I'm just going to play one of my songs. I'm not even going to tell you the title. I'm kind of just putting there in there for uniformity. I don't really do music like that anymore, but I'm just going to put it in just to have a song at the end. But aside from that, I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Good. Goodbye. Au revoir. Something else. All right, peace.